0: The Lord had said to Abram, let me point out again something I often point out, but if you have your Bibles open, you'll notice that in most translations, Lord at this point is spelled capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. And the early translators adopted the idea that using all caps refers and reminds us That the underlying word is Yahweh, the word that God revealed himself to with Moses at the burning bush, I am he. I am faithful. So when God wants to underscore something, he often uses that in his word. You can count upon me. The Lord, the one upon whom you can count, had said to Abram, leave your country, your people." And your father's household and go to the land, I will show you. I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So Abram left. As the Lord had told him. And Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he set out from Haran. And when I read that again this week, I thought, oh Lord, he was only three years older than I am. Wow. And then from John chapter 6, the Gospel of John chapter 6. Jesus has begun to be popular. There is a following. And so we read in John chapter 6, Sometime after this, Jesus crossed to the far shore of the Sea of Galilee, sometimes called the Sea of Tiberias. And a great crowd of people followed him because they, they saw the miraculous signs he had performed on the sick. Then Jesus went up on a mountainside and sat down with his disciples. The Jewish Passover feast was near. When Jesus looked up and saw a great crowd coming toward him, he said to Philip, Where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? Jesus asked this only to test him, for he already had in mind what he was going to do. Philip answered him, You can just hear Philip groan, eight months' wages wouldn't be enough to buy enough bread for each one to even have a bite. Another one of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. Here's a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish, but how far is that going to go among so many? Jesus said, have the people sit down. There was plenty of grass in that place, and the men sat down, about 5,000 of them. Jesus then took the loaves, gave thanks, and distributed to those who were seated as much as they wanted. He did the same with the fish. And when they had all had enough to eat, he said to his disciples, gather the pieces that are left over. Let nothing be wasted. A little tongue in cheek. That seems like a lot of our, that could be uh, what I say in our kitchen as well. Let nothing be wasted. So they gathered them and filled 12 baskets with the pieces of the five barley loaves left over by those who had eaten. After the people saw the miraculous sign that Jesus did, they began to say, Surely this is the prophet who is to come into the world. Jesus, knowing that they intended to come and make him king by force, withdrew again to a mountain by himself. The word of the Lord. Let's pray together. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, we give thanks to you for your word. Sometimes we struggle to understand what it is you're having for us to do, how to understand it, what it really means for us. And so we pray this morning that as we reflect on your word and as throughout the week we reflect again. So by your spirit you would, we ask Lord that you would bring to mind, to understanding, to our hands and feet and hearts. What you would have us to be and to do as a result of this word this morning. We pray this in Jesus name by the power of your Holy Spirit. Amen. For a long time, I carried a small pencil in my pocket as a reminder. That small pencil is laying on my desk at home. I need reminders sometimes to take things along. Her name was Agnes. Agnes. We know her by another name. She was born in Yugoslavia in 1910 and because she loved Jesus Christ, dedicated her life to him. And she was called as a part of her church to India, to Calcutta. And over time, she and others developed a mission to the poor, to the orphans to the street people, to the lepers, to the homeless. We know her as Mother Teresa, and we may disagree in part with some of her theology, but she was pro-life from the start, and she cared for her neighbor and sought to love God above all, and her neighbor as herself. And at her funeral, there was a small pencil that was put on near her coffin because she had often said, she was a very small lady, she said, though I am small, the Lord is powerful. And isn't it a wonderful thing what the Lord can do, what a wonderful story the Lord can write with a small pencil like I. And I go, amen. Our help is in the name of the Lord, not ourselves, not our own strength. How many of you have ever heard of Pastor Ken Smith, Reformed Presbyterian pastor? Pastored for almost 50 years in the Reformed Presbyterian Church. Anybody hear of Ken Smith? That's not unusual. How many of you have heard of Rosaria Butterfield? Two or three. Rosaria Butterfield was a professor at, in uh, Syracuse, New York. She was a lesbian. She had a live lover. She had written against conservative Christianity. And she thought of the church as hateful and spiteful and narrow. And one Sunday, Rosaria Butterfield and her lover went to church in part to confirm that, yeah, these are really narrow and hateful people. She discovered otherwise. Pastor Ken Smith and his wife Flo welcomed them into their home afterwards, invited them into their home, had coffee, lunch, over the period or next period of time, that friendship developed into a Bible study saying, here's what the word of God says. And over time, God changed Rosaria Champagne was her name at the time. We know her as Rosaria Butterfield now. And she became a follower of Jesus Christ and a pencil in the hand of the Lord. Rosaria Butterfield has now she's the mother of 3 I think it is might be 4 children and is married to a pastor Ken Butterfield who's ever heard of Ken Smith and his wife Rosaria Butterfield you can look her up look up look her up on the internet she's written several books now about her understanding of Jesus Christ and that he is Lord and she isn't for what do we say um, brainwashing of um, people who are heter- who are homosexual, but she says it's a de- it's, it has to be a, a heart issue it's not just a sexual issue It has to do with repentance before the Lord of the choices that the people have made and I say Lord, thank you for her work. Her latest book is entitled Hospitality, The Door to the Church. That was how she came to know the Lord because Ken Smith and his wife invited her into their homes and their lives. And out of that came not just friendship, but a study of the Lord's way and a changed life and a large and expanding story through Rosaria Butterfield. How many of you have uh, ever heard of Ed Kimball? Ed Kimball, anybody going once? Going? Ed Kimball was the Sunday school teacher whom the Lord used to bring Dwight L. Moody to faith in Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. And Dwight L. Moody the evangelist of a century ago, founder of Moody Bible Institute in Chicago. The Lord used him in the life of J. Wilbur Chapman, whose life touched Billy Sunday, who, through whose ministry Mordecai Ham was converted. And Mordecai Ham, by God's grace, was used to impact and touch the life of Billy Graham. And when I was a young, well, when I was a kid, on a small TV in South Dakota, I knelt before that TV under the ministry, because of the ministry of the Lord, through Billy Graham. And it all began with a Sunday school teacher that how many people knew about, a few, named Ed Kimball. And the point of this is what We live in a world of huge challenges. We feel often, what can I do about this? What can I do? What can you do? The spiritual need in North America is so great, the number of non-church-going, non-believing people has mushroomed so that there's a whole new category uh, among those who study churches. in that category are the nuns. N-O-N-E, not N-U-N, like Joshua, the son of nun, or whatever it you were, know, Catholic nun. N-O-N, those who have no church affiliation. Why would I? Why is there a guy? I don't give a rip about that. It ain't nothing to it. The nuns. And there are times in my life when I look back and say, well, I've given 40 years of ministry to the Lord, and Everything seems to have gone backwards. It almost seems as if we are living in the time of the judges. You know the last verse in the book of Judges? Judges 21 verse 25. Some of you may have memorized it. In those days there was no king in Israel. And everyone did as he saw fit. Everyone did what was right in his own eyes. Everyone did whatever he felt like or she. That's how the world is. And we wonder sometimes, oh, Lord, what can I do? We look at our resources and some of us feel a little bit like Abraham may have felt and did at times. Lord, well, he didn't verbalize it. Abraham believed the Lord. And it was credited to him as righteousness, and Abraham followed him. But I can imagine the conversation between Abraham and Sarah. You're doing what? We're doing what? You're old and I'm infertile. (coughs) Laugh laugh. And can you imagine? You don't have to imagine. I suspect many of us could identify with Andrew who said to the Lord when they saw that huge crowd and their few small resources, but what good is this with such a huge crowd? How far is that going to go with so many? Imagine if you would two peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and a drink box. That's what the boy had in today's language. And you go, what? That's going to feed how many people? Yeah, right, Lord. There are times when we feel that way. And the point is what? If you go home this morning, what would I hope and pray you would remember? This. When we give our all to Jesus, little though it be, he can multiply that gift as he did with the boy's gift of small, five small loaves and two small fish. When we give our all to the Lord, however little it may be, it's amazing what He can do with that small gift. It's amazing. What a wonderful story the Lord the Lord can write with a small pencil like me or you. Some of you have heard this story. When I was working on my doctor of ministry, writing working on the thesis. 30 years ago already. I was struggling. I was on the campus of the seminary where I was working on the doctorate in Chicago. The university, excuse me, it was on the campus of the University of Chicago, McCormick Seminary. I don't recommend it for an undergraduate at all, but for graduate possibly. And I was struggling. I The research just didn't come together, didn't make sense. And I was depressed, and I was walking one night, stumbling along, just, oh, Lord, what in the world, feeling inadequate, feeling dumb, if I could use the language, just really down, and providentially my toe caught in the broken sidewalk, and I'd look down and, oh, oh, and what did I see? I saw imprinted in the cement of the sidewalk a date 70 years prior to 1981, I think it was. And next to that date, the imprint of a small leaf and in the cement the tracks of a little bird. And I can't say I heard the Lord's voice, but in my inner ear I heard the Lord say, Meyer, if something as transient and short-lived as a leaf can make an imprint that'll last for 70 years or more, and if something that's such a light weight as a little bird can make an imprint that'll last For seventy years or more, then even a lightweight like you, by God's grace, can make an imprint for eternity. And that's the point here that if we give ourselves to the Lord, the Lord can take us no matter what we are, no matter how lightweight we think of ourselves. The challenges are huge, but our God is bigger. Our help is in the name of the Lord, who made heaven and earth. In the beginning, God created. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And we have seen His glory, the glory as of the only, of the one revealed who came from the Father. John 1, verses 1 and 14. That's the God we serve. A God who is with us and working in ways we hardly can begin to comprehend. Often we can't even see how it works. But we need the faith to go forward doing what we can do. There comes another story. My sister Tammy was born when I was 14 years old. We lived about a block and a half I lived in a small town in South Dakota, a block and a half away from my grandma. My father, my grandfather, had passed away, so grandma was living there, and my little sister Tammy. I think she was probably about six or seven, five, six, seven years old. And every once in a while, she'd like to go to grandma, but there was one problem. There was between our place and grandma's place in town, a neighbor dog that was ferocious. And not on a leash. And he would eat little girls if he could. And Tammy knew that. But we also had a Siamese tomcat named Tabby. Got to get our names straight. And Tammy had seen Tabby scratch the noses of that very dog. Nose of that very dog. And so Tammy picked up Tabby, and went trundling off to Grandma's house a block and a half away. And right on cue the neighbor's dog came out. (laughs) And Tabby went. (laughs) And that dog backed up. And Tammy went to Grandma's house. She went. And the point of that is what? Some of you have read The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Some of you have seen the movie. And as Aslan, as C.S. Lewis says of Aslan, of course he isn't safe, but he is good. He is the king, I tell you. He's not safe, but he's good. God is great. God is sovereign. And he is the king and he is good. The Lord knows what's going on. He's way ahead of us. Jesus saw the great crowd. John 6 verse 5. He already knew what he was going to do. But he was checking to see if the disciples would believe that he was Lord and that he was there. And we read in Psalm 139, O oh Lord, capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. You know everything about me. You know when I sit down, when I stand up. You know my every thought from far away. You know what I'm going to say before I even say it, Lord. This Jesus is Emmanuel. When Joseph was sleeping and fearful of marrying Mary, as recorded in Matthew chapter 1. An angel came and said to him, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you are to call him Jesus. For he is Emmanuel, which means God with us. And you know what? Matthew 18 says we think of Matthew 18 as a chapter on discipline but that's the chapter in the middle of the book basically that says when you gather together however many there are when two or three even in my name gather there I am with you and you know how it is that the Lord concludes the book of Matthew, Matthew 28. Go and make disciples of all the world as Jesus ascends. And I can imagine the disciples going, who's who he talking to? And Jesus says, go. For I am with you always, even to the end of the age. And the point of all this is what? What? The God began his special work with a 75-year-old man and his infertile wife. And Jesus fed 5,000 people with five small, small barley loaves and two small fish. Though we live in a world of challenges in which we say to ourselves, Oh Lord, what can I do? We serve a big, huge, wonderful, sovereign, and good God. And because that is so, small does not mean insignificant. For God often uses small, inadequate, or feeling, and overlooked people. The Apostle Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 1, Remember, dear brothers and sisters, that few of you were wise in the world's eyes or powerful or wealthy when God called you. Instead, God deliberately chose things the world considers foolish in order to shame those who think they're wise. And God chose those who are powerless to shame those who are powerful. God chose things despised by the world. Interesting word, the despicables. God chose things despised by the world, things counted as nothing at all. And used them to bring to nothing what the world considers important. So that no one can ever boast in the presence of God. Though I may, you may, we may often feel small and insignificant. The truth is that we serve an amazing God. Whose modus operandi and way is to use small and inadequate people. That's the history of what the Lord had used. Just think about King David. Samuel came to anoint the next king of Israel. Oh, look at these brothers. Whoa! No, it's not any of these. Is there any other? And it was the young one, the little one, David. We look in this world at the big names, celebrity Christians, or the big name preachers. But God often uses people in far away, unheard of places, in small churches. You may remember that Martin Luther had written once, it is a false assumption that there is a special calling, a vocation to which superior Christians are invited, while ordinary Christians fulfill only only the commands. But there is simply no special religious vocation. We are all called before God. I'm give more examples but you think of the adrenal glands without, our, without which our bodies would function, wouldn't function. If the adrenal glands need to be removed you need artificial adrenaline. Body doesn't work without it. You know how big the adrenaline adrenal glands are, the two of them together? Imagine a pound of butter. Chop it up into 16 parts. 16 ounces. Chop each ounce up into six parts. That one-sixth of an ounce is the weight of the adrenal glands without which the body will not function. The Lord uses small people, small, inadequate people to build his church and his kingdom. God, remember, God began his special people with a 75-year-old man and a barren wife. And through them, God built his people. And Jesus fed 5,000 people with five small barley loaves and two small fish. Though we may be small and the challenge is huge, We serve a big God. And the point of all this is what? When you're discouraged, remember that even a lightweight, when the time is right, when something as transient as a leaf or as lightweight as a tiny bird, when the time is right and the cement is wet, can make an imprint that will last. Beyond our lifetimes. And the Lord can use us to make an eternal imprint. So don't be too discouraged. Talk yourself out of it. Remind yourself the Lord is King. Rejoice. And second, be proactive, take the initiative, don't just stand on the sidelines, don't be a spectator only, get up and get moving. For the Lord has prepared works for you to do. Imagine Rosaria Champagne, a lesbian professor, writing books against Christianity and pro homosexual if Ken Smith, Pastor Ken Smith and his wife, had not invited them over after church and began to build a friendship and then the study of Scripture, imagine how the life of Rosaria Champagne would have been different. And now because Ken Smith and his wife opened their home and their hearts and their lives And by God's grace, he opened the heart of Rosaria Champagne. And she is now Rosaria Champagne Butterfield, a pastor's wife and mother of three or four small children. Imagine, that's the God whom we serve. People who simply open their hearts and their lives. I can't, but God can. God can and will and has and does. Write a wonderful story through small pencils such as I and you. Let's pray together. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, you are God. You are good. You are great beyond our understanding. We hardly can begin to understand the complexity of how this all works. We are intimidated by our world often. We're angry at the foolishness and the sin and the brokenness and we grieve. Help us to know that you are God and you are good and you are present and you are active and you are the judge who's coming again. Help us to do that which you give us, which you call us to do in the places where we are, opening our homes and our hearts and using the gifts of music, of teaching as with Ed Kimball and Dwight Moody and all those down the chain. Help us to love the unlovable as you did with Agnes whom we now know as Mother Teresa. I wouldn't do that for money, somebody observed. So which she said, I wouldn't either, but I'd do it. Because in this one, I love the Lord. And loving this one is as unto the Lord. Help us to do that with what we can, when we can, where we can, how we can. Knowing that you are God. And you use small, broken people. We thank you and pray in Jesus' name, by the power of your Holy Spirit. Amen. I would invite now the uh, deacons to come forward. Our morning offering, the first, the tithes for the ministry of the church and the offering this time for the Bible League, their Bible distribution network. Let's pray. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, we thank you for the privilege of giving back to you that with which you have blessed us so richly. Sometimes it feels like the widow's mite. Give what we can, and you are honored. And so use these gifts for building your church and extending your kingdom. For the Bible League, your word, your promise, Isaiah 55, that it will not return void and lives change because of your word. And we are encouraged and give praise to you and give. In Jesus' name, by the power of your spirit, amen.